lovelies and welcome to the Miss Saye show. Today I have Benedita Argentieri, fabulous filmmaker, documentary filmmaker. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you are currently in Italy. Correct. Uh, I hope you're overdosing on Nutella because that's what I would be doing. For sure. <laughs> um, and you just got back from Syria. When did you come back? I came back a couple of days ago now. Uh, well, back here in Italy, sometimes coming back from Syria takes some time. But yeah, um, two days ago, more or less. So you just came back from Syria. I watched your movie, I Am The Revolution. This film moved me, uh, inspired me, made me emotional, made me think, made me want to do more with my life. Uh, I want to know what inspired you to make such a powerful movie. So everything started, well, I'm also a, a, a journalist, and I started reporting from the area, from the Middle East in 2013, after uh, ISIS attacked uh, Sinjar, the Yazidi, you know, uh, place in northern Iraq. And um, I started like reporting and going a lot on the ground. And I realized that, you know, the media mainstream, usually the way they depicted women, it was like this victim all the time. So, you know, like if you think about, I think now things have changed since like that time, since the past uh, couple of years, but like it was either, victims like portrayed women in, in refugee camps, veiled, you know, always behind men. And I realized that this was not actually what was happening on the ground. Of course, women are also victims, but they were. So tell us what's, what inspired you to go ahead and go to Syria? So, so uh, like the decision to make, you know, this film was uh, in order to portray another reality that was happening on the ground. In 2014, I started going, you know, both in Iraq and Syria to report about the ongoing war uh, with uh, ISIS, with Islamic State. And uh, I started realizing that most of the times, media mainstream, when talking about women, they were talking about in a very victimized way, you know, so portraying women in refugee camps, always failed, very shy, you know, and victims of extreme violence. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what I realized by going there and staying there with the community and talking to people is that, yes, of course, women were victims of violence and are victims of violence, but there were also a lot of women that wanted to change, wanted a change in their society, wanted a change, and started organizing themselves. And, you know, most of the times when we think about Syria, we think about the YPG, the Unit Protections or Women's Protection Unit. Mm -hmm. But you know, the real revolution is not just about weapons, it's about organizing. And it's not just in Syria, in northern eastern Syria, the Kurdish women's movement. And but also, you know, the idea was to show a places like Afghanistan, one of the worst places for women, where you have like a base of women that were actually doing something and organizing themselves. So to put everything in connection. You know, because everything is in connection. These movements know about each other's. And this is really what inspired me. In, the inspiration came from like trying to, you know, give to the public, to the larger public, the other flip of the coin sure. of a situation that is really hard. 
Sure. Uh, thank you so much for explaining that. Yes, because it's so black and white when you see something, okay, this is this, therefore this is that. So, uh, but there are lots of other things, uh, you know, underneath that if you look closely and if you're on the ground, you can see those things that you brought it to the screen for us to see. So um, you had three strong, beautiful women. One was in Afghanistan, one in Iraq organizing in different ways. And then there were the women of uh, Kobani, the, the, Kurd, the Kurdish side, the northern Iraq. Um, so, but they all had one mission in common, and that was equal rights and uh, equality. But every each one of them were going about it differently. Like Yella in uh, Afghanistan, she was going about educating everyone, educating women, risking her life for doing that. And then we had the lady in Iraq who was organizing the shelters for women. And then we had the girls that they were in the front line with the weapon fighting. And, and you, you're saying that all these three things are connected in some way to help the purpose, but they are doing it differently. And each group was in a way, uh, they were risking their lives and well-being. Um, do you have anything to add to that? Yes, for sure. You know, like, and I think it's very important when we talk about northern eastern Syria and the Kurdish women's movement uh, is that, you know, each time the YPG was going into a new village, okay, and uh, get it back from ISIS. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course, they were going with weapons, but what was happening is that the whole political movement behind them then would come in and start, you know, electing a, a co-mayor kind of structure. So mm -hmm. a man and a woman, you know, and this is true for like all the places. Of course, in the film, you sometimes have to make choices. And the idea was, you know, to show the movement as one, as a core of ones, but a lot of the aspects, uh, you know, the influence one another and they are connected with one another they know about one another you know and they talk with one another and I think that this is really what is the strength of this you know woman's movement beautiful so you're saying these three different stories that you cover they actually these people are in touch with each other they're talking yes that's incredible see that's something that I didn't even know I thought they are just uh, they have similar mission, but they're different part. But you're saying they're in dialogue with each other and helping one another, which is, uh, which is amazing. Um, when you say uh, YPG, I love the way you say it. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> it uh, the YPJ, the way American would say it, uh, it's a woman protective unit. It's all all women civilians who became fighters frontline. And they defeated ISIS and they took Kobani back. Uh, I, it's, it's very much inspiring. These are these young girls and young women that just came together. And uh, now they are this huge. How many members that does the YPJ have right now? Do you know? Yeah, it's about, there are about 40,000 women. Now. Wow. Yes. And they started in 2012 in right. four. So, of course, you know, the YPJ or the YPJ, it's not born by nothing in a sense that there is like a, a Kurdish women's movement that started like almost now 40, more than 40 years ago, you know, theorizing and understanding, you know, what is the position of woman. And of course, with the, you know, Syria uh, civil war starting, they decided to organize themselves and protect themselves because, you know, these units are mainly self-defense. They are 
taught and, uh, you know, and operate just in self-defense and not really in an offensive way. Yes, you know, this woman, the woman that I followed in the I Am the Revolution, who is, uh, her name is Rojda Filat, she was the commander of Raqqa, of the Raqqa operation. So, you know, she defeated ISIS in in their own so-called capital, no, because Raqqa was elected capital of the Islamic State. And I think it was very powerful that the commander, the leading commander of that operation was a woman. You know, it was a huge, strong message for the world. It, it, it is it is amazing. And the way I learned about Rojda is that she, uh, her, her background or when she was in high school or she was... I, I guess she couldn't continue the, her studies, but when she was younger, she was more reserved and shy and more of a, you know, kind of telling her friend uh, Azima, I think that's her name, uh, to protect her because she was the shy one. And now she's the commander of uh, this group. I think it's incredible. And she's young. She should be, she's like in her thirties and uh, leading all these women. And uh, it's, I, I just love her story and she's a real person. Like it's not just a fictional character. Um, I know making these movies brought up so many challenges. Uh, I'd love to hear about that, like filming in such dangerous areas. How was that for you? It was a, a for sure an experience, uh, you know, unlike when you go in these places as a journalist and usually you not know, as a writer, you go by yourself and everything else. Indeed, like for the filming of I Am The Revolution, we were a very small team of three women, mm -hmm. uh, Yes, of three women in all of these locations, which was like extremely, you know, when we started filming in 2017, my producer was like, why don't you bring a man with you? And I was like, no, we can do this. We can do this. And first of all, it's like, it's also a question of like access, you know, that you get. Because of course, we would never be able to go in one of the underground shelters in Baghdad, for instance, with a man that wouldn't be allowed, or even the relationship that you create with like the, the, the YPJ, the YPJ, would have been completely different. But it was a, a wonderful experience for me because it was the first time really that I worked in a team of a whole woman, just woman. And also the editor is a woman, the main producer is a woman. So this film was really taught by woman for woman, you know, like, and then in order to then reach a larger audience. I think that one of the most complicated place uh, was Afghanistan, because Afghanistan is an extremely complicated place security wise, and the life that Selai Gafar, the protagonist of the Afghan part, is really, really, uh, I would say, dangerous in general, because she appears in television without the veil, challenging the men, challenging the tribes. So she's often like, uh, she's constantly under threat. You know, she could like really literally, she has several attempts on her life. So we had to like, in because of the style that I decided, you know, to shoot this documentary is to try to intervene as last as possible and follow the woman in their daily life, in their daily task, whenever it's possible, no? Sometimes Rojda was not possible because, you know, as a military commander does like stuff that cannot go on TV, but, you know, as much as possible to live their lives. And I have to say that in Afghanistan was hard. Sometimes we had to put burqas on you know, when we were traveling in dangerous areas and the cars and 
uh, get out from their house at four o'clock in the morning, not to be seen, all of these kind of things. But at least they gave us the taste of what does it mean to struggle in a place like that. And I think that this was very important. That is amazing. Uh, I, I'm glad that you had a whole team of women. Regardless, it just serves the whole theme of the, your work and uh, your uh, film. Uh, let's talk about I Am The Revolution, the movie, one of the one of my favorite movies, 2021 for sure. Uh, I'm late to it. I know the movie was released before. Um, where can the audience watch your film right now? So uh, for North America, the film is distributed by Woman Made Movies. So it's a distributor and, you, and it's still going on festivals and around the world. I, I was actually a little overwhelmed by the very warm reception that this film had, you know, because it's like we've been contacted by literally all over the world. So it was very, very nice. So as in for now, it can be requested through Women Make Movies and in both educational or screenings, but it's not online yet, uh, not in streaming places. You know what? I actually was able to watch it, but, but I paid for it and I watched it on Vimeo. Ah, yes, that could there also be, but it has to go through woman-made movies. Unfortunately, yes. I cannot give yes. it there. Yes. yes, yes, yes. So uh, basically, um, it is their channel, but the way I was able to watch, because I want people to watch it. It's so inspiring. Uh, yeah, you can search for the name of the movie and it goes to the woman make movies and then you pay for it and you watch it. And uh, it's just an in incredible, incredible film. I think all women, all little girls, um, young girls, they, they should watch something like this because then you see what is really important. What are you really stressing about day-to-day -day life? Wh what are you like? Are you upset because your text messages is not going through? Think again. You know, it's there are other things that, uh, you know, the, the people are struggling with daily and um, risking their lives for it's inspirational. What is next for you? Do you have any other project coming up? Yes, right now I'm actually working on a new film and this time it's on the opposite side. So I'm gonna like, hopefully it's gonna be ready this year, but I'm not too sure. Um, it's about uh, it woman who joined ISIS and explore the ideology behind it. Why did thousands and thousands of women from Western countries, you know, risk their lives and went to Syria and uh, to actually join the Islamic State, one of the like terrorist organization, most infamous terrorist organization. Why? why? What, what is it behind that choice? Why did people, you know, felt that, you know, democracy wasn't working anymore for them? And what were the challenges? And, you know, again, because it's again something, a trait that I started to have in my work to challenge the mainstream narrative, because most of the times when I was there, when the last bit of um, ISIS, the last pocket of territory in Syria fell in uh, Baghouz in 2019. And I could see how the narrative again was extremely uh, toxic, I think, towards women, because most of the times they were like, um, media describing this woman they just joined because their husband joined but this is actually untrue a lot of these women are very radical they're very committed to the cause to the islamic cause and they went there because they wanted to live under sharia so the idea of this new film is why 
you know, like try to like answer to this simple question that in this case is not so simple because if so, like we are talking about literally thousands of women, also also men, but women, like overall the estimate is 100,000 people actually joined the Islamic State from outside Iraq, Syria. Why? You know? And if we are not understanding the context that they're coming from, and most of the times these women are well-educated, and, uh, you know, and of course, there are always victims. I also made a graphic novel about a woman who was victim, you know, like she was tricked into the Islamic State. But the reality is that the majority of women chose to go there. So, you know, and they are coming back. They're coming back to their houses. They're in Europe, in the U.S. You know, we've seen, you know, these cases. But we should know who these people are and why, you know, in, in, in order to understand them. And I think understanding is always the keys to in order to read the contemporary world. Incredible. That's another great movie that I should look out for. Is that why you were in Syria recently to work on this project? Yes. Wonderful. Yes. It is, it is very interesting. Like uh, it raised so many questions. If these women are coming back their homes to Europe to uh, like, are they had, are they safe? Are they, how are they thinking now? What are their thoughts now? Are they going to, you know, what, 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 so it's, it's, uh, I'm very much looking forward to watching this film. And when are you hoping to release this wonderful movie? I think, I hope, you know, uh, early 2022. Early 2022. It should be, it should be out. But, you know, like also because I think there is a huge misunderstanding when we think about the Islamic State. You know, we know that we defeated that, like the coalition, the international coalition. Uh, actually defeated the Islamic State on the ground, but how do you defeat an ideology? No, right, this exactly. is the problem. Right. And so we see now in Iraq, both in Iraq and Syria, they are reorganizing themselves, you know, and now because of the coronavirus and the lockdown that all the countries are going through, we have not experienced a wave of terrorist attacks, but, you know, in September there was a terrorist attack in Vienna by ISIS, you know, so there is this, you know, continuation of this, and we shouldn't be surprised if something else, hopefully, you know, no, but we shouldn't be surprised if something else will happen again. You as a journalist, as a, a brave woman who goes to get the stories to give us different dimension of what is actually happening. Uh, how are you concerned about your safety? Does this cross your mind? Um, how do you make peace with that to move forward? Yes, you know, like, of course, safety, security, fear, you know, is something that we experience, you know, like there is, uh, there is always an element of it, but this is the work that I chose. And uh, sometimes fear is a very great ally, because whenever you are traveling in those places, and uh, you know, you should always feel, you know, what your guts is telling you, you know, what, like and fear is a, something that you should never be overwhelmed by fear but you should always listen to it and never push too much your limit so you know I think that maybe the hardest part is for my family that I'm not too sure they accepted but now it's been several years that I've been doing this work and uh, of course you know each time you travel you put into account that something could happen but you make peace with it Otherwise, you don't do it. I hear. Well, I am grateful for you, for your willingness to go out there and uh, bring us true stories that we can watch it in the comfort of in our, in our home while you have been risking and going to these territories to get the raw 
footage, these raw images, these raw stories to uncover another part of these story that is true. So I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful that you came on the show. And I we talked about it. I love your Kurdish uh, scarf. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. What's the story behind your scarf? So the, this scarf uh, in particular is like the traditional uh, Kurdish scarf that most of the fighters, but all the women actually uh, use in northern eastern Syria. So, you know, this particular one was given to me by one of the fighters. And uh, when I was staying with them. And so this is why I always wear it, you know, to honor, you know, uh, her memories and everyday sacrifices. So, you know, um, I'm really, really fond of this scarf. And I also find them very pretty because I, I love flowery stuff. So the two things together is kind of perfect. But it's really the it became the symbol of the woman's struggle. Beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing. I know there was a story behind that. It's a, it's a beautiful story, and I'm sure you cherish that. Um, I'm grateful for you to come in on the show and sharing with us. Please go ahead and watch uh, Benedita's movie, I Am the Revolution, one of the most powerful documentaries I have seen. Uh, and it's I'm looking forward for your other work that is coming up. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.